The ad said, not interested in a relationship, just want a ride. Then a ferry gets canceled, triggering an impromptu extended motorcycle trip the long way home. That's what made Susan and Calvin fall in love with motorcycle travel. It was that trip. Then they had a dream of the big trip, you know, where you take off for months on end and explore new lands, and they talked and they talked, but it wasn't until a friend's comment was made that really sort of set things in motion for them. And as it often goes with plans, as they planned for this big trip, they found themselves arriving in South America with two bikes they had not had a chance to even try yet. The traffic was daunting, the bikes would break down, one of them would break down over and over again, they crashed And something really, really big happened for them in Ushuaia. But those breakdowns, well, it's a story. Coming up, I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. It's wind pressure that powers the MotoBreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com Best Rest Products is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Google Tech filters. CyclePump.com I'm Sam Manikin. Ted Simon. Justin Vance. Simon Pavey. Brian Field. Helga Pedersen. Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Elspeth Jansen, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. So, um, I'm Susie, so uh, I'm, well, we're now living in North Devon, and I'm a physio in the National Health Service in the UK. Kelvin, uh, as Susie said, from North Devon now, where it was in Bristol, uh, and I work for the government as a project manager. Susie, Kelvin, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you. Thank you. So, what, is, what what's the last names here? Prevet. So you both have the same last name. We yeah, do we now. do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Out of the story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and we're going to get to that. We're definitely going to get to that.
So um, did you guys start riding like at a young age? How does motorcycling um, start? So you go first? Yeah. So, well, I started um, actually riding myself when I was 18, um, primarily sort of on the road. And I did my CBT. So in the UK, you have to do like, um, uh, I think it, CBT is Certificate of Basic Training. And then Basically, you can ride a bike for a couple of years. So I rode around on a little 125 um, for two years and then did my motorbike test at the last minute and basically have been riding various bikes ever since. Um, and myself, so I, I rode off-road from about the age of 11. Swore blind I'd never ride on the road because I was into racing and I was too much of a lunatic. Uh, so finished doing motocross after sort of 10 years. Uh, skip forward sort of 20 years, woke up one morning and thought, I'm going to ride on the road. And went and got my license and uh, and then started traveling. Oh, so there was a gap there. You, you rode off-road, oh, yeah. gave it up and then and then just left motorcycles sort of thing. Yeah. I'm rubbish on time, but probably 20 years. Wow. Oh, so the, um, the off-road riding, do you, do you still have that? Do you still have that ability? Oh, I love it. I'd much prefer <laughs> being off-road with away from the cars and sort of in the middle of nowhere. So I've, I've still got an enduro bike. Well. And that's that's kind of why I got into the um so before we went travelling I hadn't I'd never ridden off road. I was it was kind of I don't know, something I hadn't really even thought about. And then um I met Kelvin and he had this old little KDX one two five two stroke that had been in bits for a long time. And he sort of said, well, I can put it back together and we can try and get it going. And um, yeah, so we took it to our friends, Mo and Rob's in, in Wales and had a bit of a go on that. And um, yeah, I had a, a smile from ear to ear, basically. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So how about um, travel? How does that mix with motorcycles for you guys? <laughs> so... Uh, I we actually met through a, a motorcycle website, uh, and on that website, oh, I hang on I a second, some... hang on a second, Calvin. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt you there. You met through a motorcycle. Did you just leave out dating on that? Was it motorcycle yeah, dating website? <laughs> I'm under strict rules, you see, not to say a dating no, website. No, the name of the website is Biker Match, um, which does sound very much like a. Um, a that's, dating website. That's a dating website, isn't it? I know, I know. It yeah. does sound, however, um, <laughs> Just like it. Kelvin, yeah. <laughs> so Kelvin um, was on there and I was on there, obviously. Um, and you could basically put on there whether or not what you were interested in, whether or not you were interested in relationship to which we both had absolutely not no um, for various reasons. I love my motorbikes. Um, <laughs> and he actually met, you met a group of Yeah, so I met a friend called Marcus doing, and I, which is why I mentioned the website because um i went off traveling first time abroad with the, with these guys that i'd met and we went off on sports bikes around spain uh, and absolutely loved it so yeah it was yeah. great so the, the the biker dating website is not just for dating it's actually for just meeting other riders yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's for getting out on your bike basically. yeah it's um it's for all you know it's it's just riders all over the uk that kind of i mean the reason why i joined it was because um, I'd moved my first physio job and I just, I wasn't getting out on my bike enough and I just needed to meet some people and, um, yeah, cause it was, it was totally new. So the people I was sort of riding on the road with, I, I didn't really live near them anymore. And, um, yeah. And then we, we got talking about being cold, being cold on the motorbike. You mean and, talking um, online? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And um, <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing because there's, there's some. So one, one of my so, friends is a military diver or was a military diver. And, and he obviously thought I was a lot thinner than I was because he gave me this uh, woolly bear, like a, a baby grow suit from men. And um, what, what is that? What, what is what? So it's, it goes under a dive suit to keep you warm. Yeah, so like, like, you know, like a big <laughs> thick right. fleece with built-in feet and all that. Right. And he gave me that. And so, I, and I couldn't fit into it. I could barely get it over my kneecaps. And uh, <laughs> so I saw into Susie and I said, well, I've got this onesie. You know, you're welcome to have it. Or go and buy some nice heated clothing, which I did. But uh, yeah, so yeah. we met for a onesie. Yeah. <laughs> Physi- physically met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and up to this point, like, it's, sorry to, to dwell on this, but I think it's quite interesting. So up to this point, you're, you're chatting back and forth on the site, like what, exchanging pictures of bikes and things? Yeah, well, no, we're it's just, chatting, um, really, yeah, good. you have some pictures anyway on the site, just of your bike or whatever. And um, yeah, and we, we were just, chatting about all sorts really mm. weren't we and then Jim, you if you said want to hit, that... hit me up i'm still on it <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mean I'm... you still have an active profile on there that's uh, not it's, good uh, it's not it's I not active it's not active do. yeah i haven't been on there for a while i don't know i don't know i'm gonna um, look it up now of interest yeah but um no we uh we just decided to meet up to go for a ride in North Devon and then ended up basically drinking lots of coffees and chatting for an entire day and we didn't really get on the bikes much but so skip forward to like South America where we travel. Oh, wait a second, through. I'm interested in oh, what no, happened hey, that I'm day. Gonna, I'm going to bring it forward. Like, back. There I'm was bring... a lot of stuff going on that day. Yeah, and I'm going to bring it straight back to that. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> through some South America, Susie's navigation was awesome. She she she's normally geographically challenged, but she was awesome <laughs> on that. But going back to when we were meeting for coffees, we actually met. Where we actually met, Susie got the town wrong. Yeah. And when she was riding to meet me for the first time, she was like, oh, bugger, that's where I was supposed to, I thought I was meeting him. And it was actually like another hour's ride away. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have like sat-nav or, um, you know, any of that. I wasn't really good at computers or anything. So I just, I sort of did it from memory and I was quite new to the area as well. So yeah, I sent him this place that I found on the map and then I was like, oh no, this is not the place. <laughs> so I just, kept driving until I found the town that I actually had told <laughs> told him to meet at and then I saw him sat at the side of the road in this little car park and I was like oh yay I found you <laughs> it was almost like it was made not to be in one way or, or the other way you could look at it I guess is that it was made to be an adventure the meetup was yeah. meant to be yeah. an adventure you know that's yeah uh, it was that's pretty cool so you guys you guys had coffee you 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 spent the night together you slept together and the- <laughs> no yeah, I'm a swift mover me no not that swift <laughs> so yeah, but I did uh, end up so I ended up riding all the way back to where I was living at like in the dark over Exmoor and um, I was freezing cold and I was kind of like oh, I really hope I can remember the way home now. <laughs> Because so, we sat in the pub for far too long drinking, just giving you drinking a onesie. coffee. Yeah. You could put that on. Drink, yeah. Plus I had a onesie now in my backpack. <laughs> so when you guys rode away that day, did did you know there's something going on here? There's something cooking? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, it's not often that you meet somebody and you'd literally just spend the entire day chatting. But yeah, yeah I had a kind of a little bit of a, 
crush. <laughs> but then I had to put it out of my head because I was like, no, 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 this is not what I want it, you know. And uh, he also had on his profile, you know, not interested in a relationship. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, I would rather have um, a friendship and go out on the bikes and stuff than, you know, kind of ruin it by, yeah, uh, you know, thinking, oh, maybe that maybe this can turn into a relationship or something. So, um, and it was early days, so. And I was kind of the same, to be honest. But before we'd become an item, we'd planned to go and watch the uh, World Superbikes together, go abroad together. Yeah, but not as a, because, not as a couple, um, just as Calvin was um, this other group of friends that he had met on the website. They, um, as he said, they were going to Spain. He came back absolutely buzzing and was like, oh, you have to go to Spain. Like, you don't have to go with me, but, you know, um, get out of the, you know, go and do a bit of a trip out of the UK and and all the rest of it. So, um, and I was like, oh, no, I don't mind going. We can we can do that. And um, so we sort of had a bit of a plan for that as well and um, a couple of bike festivals and things and... Um, yeah, but by that time we were together. So. Well, yeah, Drunk, a drunken fueled night started it yeah. all. <laughs> so that's when it happened. So, yeah. so Kelvin, yeah. why, why the profile though with um, with the not not wanting a relationship? What, what's the deal with that? I'm just curious. Um, so I, I'd had a few relationships, like most people, uh, and I just had enough of just like the hassle at the time. And I'd got into biking, and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to do something solely for me. And that was mm. going out on my bike and enjoying getting away from it all. And you messed and it all up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've regretted ever since. So kind of well, well, that's well, the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So, okay, so you, you guys get together and then the, the idea for travel comes comes to mind. No, no I was going to ask you, Kelvin, that, that trip that you did, that Susie just mentioned, was that your first sort of trip, the first traveling that you did? Yeah, so it's my first, yeah, so yeah, it was my first travel really not even just out of the country my first travel on a bike because mm -hmm. I, I hadn't traveled around the uk really i'd just gone out for short rides on my own or with locals and uh so yeah so this chap called marcus he sort of said well i do it quite often do you want to come along and i was like yes and we're still friends with them yeah we're still good, great friends with them stuff and, yeah. what was it about the, that trip kelvin that that really clicked with you um it was, i don't know it's just getting out there the freedom and and just doing something that's sort of outside your comfort zone and and just experiencing different because even though I'd, I'd been to Spain loads of times, but it's 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 different sort of buzz when you're on a bike because the people, other people's interest in you, and and just like this, I don't know, it's just getting out there and just trying something new, basically, I suppose. So then you're you're together as a couple, and how do you come up with it with doing any sort of big travel? Like you ended up going to South America. <laughs> I think we just so um, on that trip that we went, so it was September 2012 was our first little trip together to Spain and um, we were due to get the ferry back and basically they cancelled the ferries for an entire month because of some problem. So we were forced to ride back through the whole of kind of northern Spain and France, which definitely wasn't what we planned to do. And I was really nervous about it. Um, but we, we had to, we had to get to Calais because that was the ferry that they were putting on and actually not really knowing where we were staying and just exploring and kind of trying to keep off the main routes was, I don't know, we both really enjoyed it, didn't we? And mm. then we kind of after that, we planned a few other sort of trips and um, we just kind of said, well, actually, why why don't we do 
a bigger trip. Like if the opportunity comes up, why don't we just start sort of saving now and then maybe just do with, you know, we'd seen a few bits and pieces about people kind of doing these longer trips and, and all the rest of it. And um, yeah, we thought, oh, why not, you know, well, we planned. We, we did some around Europe to start with, and but yeah. we we spoke about doing a longer trip. For quite yeah, a while. we spoke about it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but serendipity. Um, I mean, the the, the ferry being cancelled. It's just oh, fantastic. Yeah. But, but Susie, sorry, sorry, Kelvin, Susie, on that trip, you mentioned that you know you were very nervous about it. Like, how far into the trip did it feel good, and what was it about it? So what the first trip where we went to like, where Spain? You were, you know, where you were forced to make the ride, oh. the long ride. Yeah. So, um, also I was, I was changing, um, jobs slightly at the same time. So, um, uh, I was sort of rotating. So I had that as well. I had to call my new boss and basically send him the photo of the news article saying, uh, ferries have been cancelled. <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I am actually stuck. Um, and we've got this ferry booked in kind of like five, uh, three, four days time or whatever from Calais. Um, and they were really good about it, but I think probably when I sort of, um, settled into the fact that, you know, I can't make it, you know, I need to just kind of go on the back roads, work, we're okay. I managed to kind of settle down and literally after a day, I, I just, loved it. I just thought, oh, this is great. And then we were looking at the maps and I'm, I like having, paper maps as well I'm very much uh, I like to see the whole we got ourselves some you know paper maps of northern Spain and France and I I sat there and I looked and I was like oh we can go this way and oh we could go that way and then yeah it was brilliant so um it's that initial sort of fear and then actually yeah all fine I think it was when you slowed down yeah when I slowed down because I think to begin with, because I was a bit worried about work as well, I was kind of like, oh, we've got to go up all of the main routes, you know, like the toll roads, because we need to get back as fast as possible. And Kelvin was like, well, actually, if just, you know, you've got this opportunity, you know, we might as well, there's pointless rushing it and putting ourselves at risk, you know, take it slowly. Let's go on the back roads. Let's see a bit of France while we're actually at it. And um, yeah, I loved it. Wow, so it's neat. So Kelvin already got the bug. Now you've caught the bug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> common nature. <laughs> so, but but as far as travel style goes, because because this is the big thing, isn't it? You know, you get two people together, you meet up with somebody on the road, you can have totally different travel styles. And, and when I think about it, mm. I think that it's kind of bizarre if you don't have totally different travel styles. You know, because we all have our own ideas of of what we do and, and our own you know um, habits, etc. So. Were you the same travel style right from the start or did you sort of develop it together? Absolutely not. No. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I've changed as I've got a little bit older, but coming from a racing background, I was like, let's get there quick. Let's do, I I I like to go fast over things. Not to Mm. get there fast, just because I like going fast. Mm. Uh, Where Susie's a bit different. Yeah. So even though kind of on the trip up through France, I was the one that wanted to go quick more because of work. (laughs) Um, yeah, actually we were sort of a little bit different into, in, in that sort of way when it came to actually traveling. Um, and I think you, even yourself, you don't really know how you like to travel until 
you mm. do it. Like I'd, when we did, when when we started um, traveling in South America, I I don't think we really knew how we like to travel. We mm. just sort of, you know, we just um, other than the fact that we hadn't actually really planned anything, I don't think we're you know, we, we, that was one thing that we took from a lot of people was like, don't have a rigid plan. Um, so we did sort of take that on board. And I think as well, um, for me with not having done a lot of off-road and then getting on a fully loaded bike, I was a little bit more apprehensive about off-roads, but actually again, once you settle into it and then you, you know, you see all of the opportunities and the different places you can get to when you're you know, when you want to go on the dirt roads, then, um, yeah, it kind of, it, yeah, it just, it, it just changes, I think, as you, as you settle into things. So. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a very good point. You know, you don't really know until you actually get out there. But, uh, and as no. far as, as, uh, accommodation style, you, you guys have been camping and you've been staying in hotels and hostels and things like that and motels. What was that how you planned to do it? You know, you were both good with that. Yeah. So I, I, th- I think to start with, I thought we would be in the wilderness more and camping more. Yeah. Um, but just when we set off in, in uh, South America, it's the, uh, to start with, the accommodation was so cheap. Mm. You know, we weren't staying in plush hotels or anything, but um, it's... Yeah, they were basically money, money goes a long way. They? Money but goes a long were, way. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, because we were travelling together, often it was easier and cheaper to get a room together than paying for individual kind of like beds in a in a separate like in a bunk room and things and uh columbia was just so cheap wasn't mm. it it was kind of yeah the pound went a long way there. Mm. yeah it's not not even worth setting your tent up no you're no, like going through the no. hassle right yeah wow. yeah so let's let's talk about preparing for the trip you, you've decided to do the trip talk, talk about the, the the trip what is it you're planning to do um so yeah, we weren't we weren't sure where to so we had a little bit of a debate about where to where to do where to go. Um Is that an argument? <laughs> Did you no. just deflect there? Because you said no. a little little bit of a debate and it's it sounded to me like that, that was a pretty good argument. No. No, we didn't we don't we're, we're not well, we really were, we're, we're, No, we're not the argumentative no. type. But um we we had preferences, I think, about where we went. Um and Calvert, you well, can't. I wasn't allowed to go some places. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not joking. So, so there, there is a hierarchy here, though, for sure. Yeah. We're going to take just a short break, but stick around. We got a lot more coming up. Stay with us. You already know what cold feet feel like, and you probably also know that once they're cold, they're almost impossible to get warm again. But what you may not know is that Pearly's Possum Socks are the cure for cold feet. Pearly's uses a special blend of merino wool and possum fur knitted together into a fine shape that's designed specifically for motorcycling. They are the official sock of Adventure Rider Radio, not because of the ads. They get the ads anyway. I made them the official sock because I was so blown away by how good they are, how well they perform for me. So I gave them that title. Grab a pair for yourself and stave off those cold feet. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com. 
This September 24 to 26 is Overland Expo West. This is the original Overland Expo where it all started from years ago. And, and from what I hear, this is always a top-notch event. You can't go wrong. The motto is get trained, get outfitted, and get expired to explore the world at Overland Expo. They've got over 300 vendors, vendors rather. That's huge. You can outfit your motorcycle, um, learn skills. Bill Dragoo is there, by the way, with Dart. You know Bill from our rider skills segments. There's camping on the site. There's travelers galore, authors presentations, and of course, travelers sharing stories of on the road. There's so much going on. You've got to go to the website to have a look at the, the list of things that are happening at Fort Tuthill County Park in Flagstaff, Arizona, this September 24 through 26. You got to get your tickets online. Visit the Overland Expo website, which is overlandexpo.com and click West. And anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Overlandexpo.com. There is a hierarchy here then for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, originally we were going to go from sort of, sort of Canada down mm. and, um, but we wanted to spend longer in the USA. Uh, so we applied for a visa. Susie got her visa really quickly. I got denied. <laughs> oh, I see. You're t- I, I meant, I said hierarchy. Is, I thought you were saying Susie was saying you weren't allowed. No, you, you, <laughs> you weren't not allowed. You weren't allowed <laughs> because no, the U.S. We... checked your background and found that you were unsuitable to travel yeah, through I'm the a, U.S. I'm, I'm an undesirable. Yeah, but the, the, the crazy thing is, is that he's actually been there like multiple times with work and, and all the rest of it. So we were a little bit kind of like, um, that's a bit odd. But anyway, mm. um, so yeah, because you, Kelvin kind of, was wanting to go to Russia and the stands and things which I definitely would love to go to. I was kind of thinking more from the, I'm the one that loves languages. Um, so I tend to be the one that, um, I do, I do the talking, shall we say. I can buy a beer. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a beer. <laughs> I kind of had my... My brain was thinking, well, maybe if we go to a continent where most of the language that's spoken is a similar language, and then at least I can kind of, you know, get my head around, you know, get used to that a little bit. And um, it's hence why in the end we sort of, for visa ease and for language, um, we sort of thought, well, maybe South America might be a good option, um, especially as the first the first trip because mm. I like to be able to um everywhere I go I like to be able to have at least some sort of conversation with people and I don't know feel like uh, I can learn a little bit and um you know I can make that sort of effort so, so you then Spanish I guess for South America you, you learn Spanish yes. and you're sort of set didn't do you do that before you go do you actually take lessons or something um, no, so well, so I listened to some um, CDs on the way to work and back and, and things. But to be honest, um, when I got there, I wasn't that good. It was mainly by just sort of trying it out and speaking to people on the road and, and the locals and things. Because, you know, a lot of them, especially in the smaller places, they they don't have a word of English. So um, they either understand you or you don't. But they're normally quite, well, we found... Um, that people were really receptive, actually. If you were trying to speak, they would try their best to understand you. And then that kind of, you know, if, if you're happy to give it a go, then they'll, um, you know, you do, you learn a lot quite quickly. 
So, mm. so Kelvin, you're not <laughs> as interested in learning language, and you're, or you just figured lean on Susie because she's already doing yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think I became lazy as well, um, or, <laughs> yeah. or better at charades. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I'm just not very good at it. I, I do try, but I, I think I learn differently to Susie. Yeah. I'm more of a I have to sort of use that word a thousand times before I can uh, sort of remember it. And then I just sort of try and piece it together. But no, I'm not very good with language. Susie, was it easy to learn? Did you you find once you started to speak it, you you got it no problem? Um, Yeah, I think once. And, you know, I have to say I wasn't the best with the whole conjugating the verbs or whatever it is. But to be honest, most people still got what you were on about and kind of they would either just understand or they would then kind of give you the correct kind of um uh, way of using the verb but um right. yeah i i think i once once i was using it more and and the whole thing was we had quite a few breakdowns on the trip so yeah. i was forced to use the language um quite a lot and then I did, uh, I did learn quite a lot that way. Um, and also the good thing was though, that some of the bits of motorcycle are actually quite similar to English. Yeah, so. I, was, I was just going to say, <laughs> when, when it got to the technical side, they yeah. could normally understand me because right. yeah. it is, right. you know, val, yeah. valvulus. Yeah, valvulus. <laughs> so you're, you're, um, you're heading to South America, you, obviously because yeah. Kelvin is not allowed in the US, you, you're skipped because <laughs> you originally planned to fly to Toronto, I think, and then explore that yes. way. But now you're, you're going to Colombia? Yes. Yeah, and Bogota. you're going to start Bogota. You're starting in Bogota. So yeah. bikes, how do you figure out what bikes to take and what, what gear to pack? <laughs> and we um, just packed everything. And what do you, no, yeah. and what do you decide? Like, I mean, where are you getting the information though? Are you, are you just doing what you guys think is best? Well, I did a lot of research. Online. Yeah. Kelvin's big on research, especially on technical kind of kit. Um, I think once, once we had decided where we wanted to go and we knew we'd booked the tickets, we, we just booked a one-way ticket to Bogota and just were like, right, got us sorted well, out that, that was after a, a, dr- a drunken a drunken sort of session with one of my friends. And they're like, when are you actually going? Yeah. And we're like, yeah. oh, what, what's our excuse yeah. for not going? Yeah. And then the ne- I think it was the next day or at least the next week, Susie booked yeah. a one-way ticket. So yeah, just, I guess you have no barriers as far as work goes. You, you, you're going to quit anyway, I guess. So the, the time we, to go we, is really doesn't matter. I was going to ask for time off and Susie was going to quit. So I said, well, why didn't you ask? Yeah. And they actually gave her the time off. Yeah. Oh, so you both got breaks and yeah. we yeah. leave that. Well, that's yeah. really nice, isn't it? Because you're able to come back with that, that um, comfort of knowing you're coming back to a job. You, you don't have to yes. come back and all of a sudden start flogging resumes and knocking on doors and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. rather handy. The downside of that, of course, is you have a time limit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. we did we did manage to, um, it was meant to be 14 months and then we did manage to extend it to uh, two and a half years in the end. So Ooh, wow. um, yeah, we wow. didn't do too very bad lucky. there. You guys are very well liked at your works, obviously. You chose DR650s, why? So Calvin basically said, you choose the bike and I'll ride whatever you ride <laughs> because um, he figured that if we both had the same bike, then at least we kind of, we could get to know one bike and we could just take, you know, a few bits of spares and tools that would we knew would fit both bikes. Um, and then uh, I knew I didn't want anything too big. I mean, the DR650 is still a reasonably sized 
bike um fully loaded it's still quite heavy uh but then we were just thinking about we wanted something that's able to kind of do the miles get up to speed when we are on kind of um if we are doing any sort of highways and things but also then be able to manage kind of the off-road and stuff as well so um we got one um and it was i really enjoyed it you went to italy on it yeah, I went to Italy on it. Um, had an oil leak all the way there and back, which was <laughs> no fun because I couldn't use a back brake. Um, but um, yeah, I I really enjoyed riding it. To be honest, I just it was very different to the sports bikes because we had sports bikes prior to that, which we sold to to go travelling. And um, I I don't know. I just I really like the DR six fifty. It's nothing, you know, it's it's nothing special, but it's I don't know, it's good fun. It's like it's, a tractor. Does, does it's like things. a tractor. No, I mean, that's interesting. You say you rode to Italy roads, just paved roads and back. Yeah. And you're thinking the DR six fifty actually felt better than a sports bike. That that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well I mean in terms of um it just felt fun and we went to a few places kind of a little bit um off-road you know just a few sort of off-road trails as well and uh, I just felt more I don't know it's a weird feeling I just felt more in control I just felt bike suited me or I suited the bike better um it just yeah I also think it's because um I think Susie used to have a really nice sports bike and everyone was like, wow, you must go really fast. And Susie's never really liked going fast. Yeah. And it was like the pressure as well. Oh, so when you cut, right. you turn up on an old DR, they're like, mm. oh, you're on an old DR. Yeah. Right. Well, the DR yeah. looks adventurous, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. so it's a, different, it it's yeah. a different sort of look yeah. to it, I guess. So uh, prepping the bikes, just roughly, what did you do to prep them? Was it a full detailed prep where you went and did every mod possible? Or, or how did you approach uh, that? So yeah, pretty much. I, di- I didn't, I decided not to split the engine. Um, so both bikes were pretty old. My, uh, the bikes that we were on were, and I still ride it now, is 24 years old. You say you decided uh, not to split the engine. You're, you're talking, you decide not to rebuild the engines. Yes. Right. Yes. I decided, I, I, I thought I'd, I'd wing it. <laughs> and I knew that they still manufactured the, the DR in uh, Colombia. So I thought, well, I'm going to be able to get parts. So if, 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 if the poo hits the fan, um, I'll get the engine sorted over there. Mm-hmm. But it, pretty much any other mods you can do to the DR, I, I done apart from swapping the forks. Oh yeah. Wow. There's a labor of love. Yeah. I think doing the carbs was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, what did you, what did you do the carbs? What's that mod? I, I put a different carburetor on it and different shocks and all sorts. I see. Um, now you, you've done DR 650s, no service whatsoever, I think, because you guys had multiple breakdowns, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> with, with these bikes, it's just bizarre <laughs> because so many people ride DR 650s. Uh, I haven't had one, but I love the look of them. Uh, I really like yeah, the DR 650 and I like the way that they're, they're only cooling they have on it is the oil and air cooling. Yeah. Um, that's very neat. But, um, it, well, we'll, I guess we'll get to that. Let, let's talk about getting into, into Bogota. So this is, this is your first big trip. What does that feel like when you arrive there and how did your bikes get there? Oh, I'll let you go first. Gosh, yeah. So we had been, um, just before we went in 2016, we'd kind of been to um, Hub UK, which is the Horizons um, uh, Unlimited. Unlimited event, and then um, the Overland event as well. Um, and we'd met, uh, a lady called Kathy with Moto Freight. So I was talking to her loads and loads. Asked way too many questions because I was like really anxious about it all. And um, so we arranged through them to get our bikes over to um, Bogota. Um, Flown. And then, 
superb. Yeah, flown yeah. by plane. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, flown by plane. Because we decided it was probably the easier option. And then if the bikes got delayed loads, then um, if they were on boats and things, we just heard lots of different stories and we cut at the end of the day, we just thought, well, we'll, we'll fly them. We know that they're going to be there then and, and we can make a good plan. And um, yeah, so we then flew um, pretty much at the same time uh, over to Bogota. And I think we were kind of thinking on the plane, my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> I think we were nervous um, before we yeah. got on the plane. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we walked, uh, we had chosen a hotel just for the first sort of two nights while we were getting the bikes um, near to the airport. And we walked from the, the hotel onto this little bridge that went over kind of the main sort of highway near the um, near the airport. And we were just looking at the traffic going, what on earth is it like? How are we going to manage? And I, I, hadn't, I hadn't ridden the DR kind of fully loaded before, you know, mm. um, and um yeah, so I was just thinking, oh, how am I going to do this? But actually, it's kind of, I don't know, there's, there's definitely oh. method in the madness to the traffic. It's, it's, uh, and there's so many bikes that I think the rest of the traffic are already kind of looking out for them. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like organized chaos, isn't it? Organized yeah. chaos. That was going to be my next question was, was, did you ride these bikes? Or did you do shakedown trips before you left to make sure all your gear mm -hmm. and all the mods? Because when you do a lot of mods no. like that, you can set yourself <laughs> up for a lot of problems. And well. uh, you really want like, especially if you've done a lot in my mind, you want multiple shakedown trips to find out, you know, if you've routed the wiring wrong or something and put it near the exhaust and get a find that's going to melt somewhere down the road or something like that. Those, those crazy things that often happen for modifications. So you arrive in Bogota off the plane and Susie, you have not ridden this bike ever with the load on it that you're about to take. No, 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 never. In fact, I don't think so. It wasn't the same bike that I took to Italy. So it was, um, I'd only ridden it once or twice before you started doing the mods mm -hmm. on it, I think. The same with um, mine. Yeah. Yeah. And we, um, and, and actually, to be honest, towards the end, we, the bikes were being collected and we were running out of time to get them ready um, for Motor Freight to come and pick them up. <laughs> and our friends Mo and Rob came from Wales for the weekend just to kind of help us kind of get everything sorted out. Like to put and, the bikes uh, together. Yeah. Finish putting to, get them, yeah. to get everything together. <laughs> I think the day that they were actually collected, I finished work. I don't know. I think About it was 4 a.m. 48 it? hour stint, in, in, yeah. no, no sleep in the garage to finish them off. Yeah. And I think it, I finished at so 4 a.m. Don't worry about all the mods. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry about the mods. Just ride the bike. Which is crazy, yet really cool <laughs> at the is. same time. Because it's a, it's a crazy thing to do if you think about it from a logical perspective. Uh, but on the other hand, it shows it works out. You know, you can yeah. deal with it. You can deal with yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah, you can. And I think that's the thing. You don't think you can. I don't know what you think. When you're, when you're about to go on these trips, you think there's going to be nothing there. There's going to be no way of sorting things. There's going to be... You <laughs> no know, bike shops, but, no infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> but no actually, fuel, no water, no food. Yeah, and the beauty <laughs> of the DRs is that, you know, it's kind of, there's nothing kind of um, flashy about them. So actually most, of, most people can... Um, uh, fix them, you know, reasonably well, but that's another story. That's yeah. kind of why <laughs> I had so many breakdowns, but you know, they, they, they are sort of, they're happier working on those kind of bikes. So. Talk about picking the bikes up and riding them away that first time. Hmm. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go, because there's a story there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, we we got all, we uncrated bikes and, and got them all out. And obviously the fuel had to be drained for them to be flown. So there was a little bit of fuel left in them. Um, the first thing was we rode off and we waved goodbye to all of the guys in the uh, cargo terminal and then couldn't find the way out. So we rode around again and waved to them again and <laughs> and we just couldn't find the exit. So, uh, yeah, they probably were like, crazy God, gringos. these guys are crazy. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so eventually we did, having wasted most of the fuel that was still left in the bike. Um, and then we were going down the dual carriageway because you had to go back on yourself to get to the petrol station. And um, my bike just, it would not, it just um, ran out of fuel, you know, it just, it was really hunting and it just conked out. So Kelvin had to pull up and kind of, because we got the Acebis tanks on them and they've gone, got this kind of deep well each side. Um, and we only had the, the um, uh, what do you call it? The Single pet tap. talk or Single whatever pet it is. Talk, yeah. yeah, on one side. So he had to kind of like lean my bike right over yeah, to get dump it as over. much fuel as possible. Mm, right. And then I just managed, like, I, I think I stopped another couple of times on the way in this kind of really busy traffic. But to be honest, nobody really... I think they're just used to it. Yeah. <laughs> no one, you know, UK, they would have been like, beep, 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 but yeah. And I got there and then we did fill up with fuel and then going um, down the road from there, uh, my clutch started to kind of really slip, didn't it? Yeah. And I couldn't, um, I couldn't kind of disengage the cut clutch properly so and I couldn't change gear properly. And I think uh, something had just come loose while it had been... Um, there was a cable ruling. Yeah. But we didn't trial it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. that something from so, done from the mods? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we'd had everything kind of, uh, we'd changed all the cables, hadn't we? Mm. And we'd also threaded through kind of like um, a back at a spare cable so that if one went, we already had one um, ready on the bike to go. And um, I got quite nervous because I, I could, I literally just couldn't ride the bike. Um and this car pulled over in front of me and these two lads got out and ran towards me and I was like, oh. And on, and on that, because there was, I, I was a bit ahead and I pulled over and I saw this guy running up the centre of the traffic and I was like, oh my God, this guy's <laughs> going to rob me. He wasn't, he was trying to catch me up to tell me that the person I was with, Susie, had broken down and I must go back. Yeah, yeah. So wow. these guys were literally just trying to make sure that we were okay, and that you know well, they wouldn't and, leave us, would they? No, Until they wouldn't we, leave they us. They they made sure that you know I could the bike. We just needed to get it to kind of um, yeah. We just need to get right, a little bit of class, an no, adjustment. No. Um, and then we we're off again, and they were yeah really nice, but um, yeah, it was a bit. It was all just all a little bit, oh, you know, first day on the road and you kind of, you've got all these images in your head of what people that have never travelled tell you. And then, um, but actually, no. And I have to say the people in Colombia were... Um, right, everywhere, but yeah. Everywhere were fantastic, but... What yeah. was the feeling when you got to the hotel that first night um, of riding? Um, <laughs> oh my God. Was, yeah. it, was it a feeling of overwhelm or, or, or yeah. was it a feeling of... I, well, I think it was. Yeah, it was. I think we just... I don't know. I just think we were excited. Like it was a mixture, I think, of excitement and kind of, well, well where do we go from yeah. here? What do we do? Well, and I think the stress, because we unpacked all of our stuff to sort of repack yeah. it all. And we were like, oh, do we have all this stuff with us? Where are we <laughs> going to put it all? 
And it was crazy. Oh, you pack for literally the first time you go traveling. Um, okay, there's probably people out there that are really good at this from day one, but you you pack and you literally pack for every eventuality. And you know, and you go you go to these things, and people tell you you need everything in your first aid kit to you know for every single condition problem you, and you need a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you need all of this other stuff and then you need yeah and it's just you think wow no no you really don't and um i think we started shedding stuff from straight away one, yeah we? and we're still learning so yeah we're still yeah so they, a, they have doctors and hospitals in south america Oh, yeah, they do. It's yeah. Really. Never expected that. Yeah. That yeah. Bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> you know, and, and it's easy to laugh about it, but I mean, it's the same thing. Even just for if you do a, a, any sort of local wilderness trip, it's very difficult not to overpack because you mm. just think, well, I want to have this little thing. I want to have that little thing. And it, it's tough to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even going away for the weekend is kind of. Yeah. We we still yeah, end up. Yeah, I'm. I still. I'm so. still a, a disaster packer. I'm yeah. like a what if, but I, I try not to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how does the trip go from here? What, what were you planning on doing? Uh we we didn't actually know at that point because we hadn't actually planned. No, we didn't. We didn't we plan just a of, route. But but you are aiming for Ushuaia, right? Uh, I don't. Even, I don't well, even know if we knew that. It wasn't definitely then. on the cards. Actually, we oh. kind of ended up going down that way because we ended up hitting it at the right time of year to get down there but it wasn't actually so i know for some people it's quite a big um like that's their goal but ours was less destination more journey i started off as i don't know we just wanted to explore and we didn't know where the hell we were going yeah and i think to begin with as well because i was a bit more nervous going off it like i said i hadn't ridden the dr off-road or fully loaded. I'd only ridden a very small motorbike off at um, 230. A Honda? Yeah, that I'd used just to do a bit of practice off-road before we went um, with um, the sort of local TRF group. It's kind of, they do um, green roads and things like that. And um, I, so I was a bit anxious about going off-road and then as we kind of, we started going along, we thought, well, actually, we're going to miss out on all these areas, um, especially kind of heading further north in Colombia. So we started doing that and then we kind of went all the way up to the top and then around. And then then we started having the bike problems, didn't we, a little bit later. Um, and that's actually the point. So it was a, a few months, it was about five months in that we made the decision to actually extend our Columbia visas um, and to extend our trip altogether uh, because otherwise we just, yeah, we wouldn't have had time to see as much. And we thought, well, as the bikes are here um, and actually the, the cost of being in those countries was less than we anticipated and um, yeah. But it was quite unusual though because you're a bit of a planner normally. I am. But Susie was I'm quite happy to planner. wing it. I know. So you guys, you guys are just riding and just deciding where you go on a day-to-day basis. I mean, that's yeah. just yeah, so amazing. Yeah, we had nothing booked. Um, Which was a we, plus, I think. Yeah. We, I, th- I think it took us a little while to settle down. Yes, and we were We were more destination-orientated. And then yeah, as we settled with. down, I think we became more, well, why does it matter if we go left or right mm. or straight on or turn around and yeah. go back to something? It didn't. Because I think when we first arrived in Colombia, we kind of had an idea of like, well, we want to go 
up to Cartagena. We want to, um, and then kind of follow the road down. And we were kind of looking at the cities, but actually as we got going quite soon, we just sort of went, well, actually let's go and have a look what's over here and let's go and have a look what's over there. And less city orientated. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the cities are beautiful. Um, but we realized actually with the bikes that we've got and, and us, the yeah. style that we like, we were less of a city people and we wanted more of the remote sort of villages and mm. meeting the locals there, which was good. Yeah. And I think this is the thing is that, like I said before, I don't think you know how you want to travel until you start because, um, we, yeah, we, we definitely didn't, we changed as we went, I think. Mm. You stayed out of cities and, and went for more scenery. <laughs> well, well. Um, <laughs> we tried. However, with the bike issues, it did uh, on several occasions draw us into cities for quite a while, didn't it? Yeah, well, what's the deal with the bike? What happened there anyway? Uh, um, so we had... So I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what was going on to start with, but basically uh, it sounded like it, the, the engine was falling apart uh, and then it just died. Mm. So, and we couldn't get it going again. So we took it to a place. This is Susie's uh, bike. This is Susie's bike. Yeah. I had a few little issues with, well, I suppose major issues as well, actually. But most of Susie's problems were the engine. Yeah. And uh, we took it to this place and they said, well, it, it seems like it's dropped some compression. So they literally stripped the engine there and then. And I was like, oh, don't know if I was prepared for this. And I was like, oh, at least Susie learned the inside of an engine. Uh, and, yeah, and, and I had no clue what one looked like before. <laughs> yeah, she, she can name most trip. of the parts now. But luckily, the um, they, they pulled it apart and said, no, it's all fine. There was a couple of little parts that needed changing, but nothing major. Uh, and the uh, Suzuki DR650 factory was in the next town to where we broke down. So they could get any parts if we needed them. Uh, they put it back together again and it died. Um, so they came back again. Um, and this sort of sort of trend went on for a little while. And then it transpired that uh, we needed loads of new parts. And I'm skipping forward a hell of a lot so we can come back to it. But the engine then, we had a total rebuild on the top end. And the problems didn't stop there. But you said it was noisy. Yeah. You said it was noisy and it quit. So if it's noisy, yeah. there's, there's got to be something. Yeah. yeah. So it sounded like the valves were really loose and, and that kept happening. And then we realised, so we had um, we had it redone um, in Peru again. Um, and then... No, but it, we had it rebuilt before in Colombia, just yeah. as we left the border. Yeah. Um, <laughs> broke down in Ecuador... Um, and kind of got rescued thanks to social media uh, <laughs> um, uh, just outside. So we were about an hour and a half from Quito. Um, and then we got, we kind of got rescued um, by a couple of guys um, who we'd met through social media. What, what, what do you mean you, you, um, you, you, you must have posted something, obviously? Well, no, we we got to meet a couple of people who said, oh, if you're coming to Ecuador, then, you know, please come see us. And they said, oh, we'll add you to this WhatsApp group that was, that was based literally the day in, before. it was called like Jewel Riders or Jewel Sport Keto or something like that anyway. And that was the day before. And then literally the next day I was on this WhatsApp group going, uh, we are like an hour and a half, two hours from keto on this road we've just broken down and we've been to, we broke down i broke down right outside of this 
little mechanic and he was able to do enough to basically take it off and go, oh, you've, one of your valve seats has dropped. So how that happened, I don't know. Um, well, but, the, the repair before hadn't been done properly and yeah. they dropped a valve seat. And this guy called Davo Garces, um, he kind of was on there straight away, like, oh, we've got a, a truck coming out to you now um, and we will, you can come and stay at our house. And My mum's got the food cooking already. Yeah, we'll, and, oh, you it know. super nice. And you went to his house and you, and you had... Yes, yeah, yeah, it was, it was super- So he sent his son to <laughs> his um, ex's house and we had his um, little bedroom for the night and they made well, they us, made us dinner and then in the and he said oh i'm going to work in the morning yeah. here's the keys to the house help yourself to whatever uh, and left us in his house and the, wow. and then he sent us a text yeah. and said oh uh, let's make yourself a pat lunch before you leave yeah obviously he hasn't been speaking with the uh, u.s government no. <laughs> <laughs> he never would have no. given calvin the keys <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and they were i mean they were just starting they were into their bikes as well they'd just been starting up a company called sleep new and um doing um bike tours and bike rentals in in quito so um they they just loved we were just talking to them That's for ages nice, yeah. and, and they spoke really good English and we were just talking about different routes and stuff. So yeah, it was fantastic. Wow. So the breakdown does lead you to something better. Oh, yeah, and I think that's what we found the whole way along yeah. is actually the breakdowns. They were a pain in the bum, they were but pain, they were godsend in other ways. Yeah. We've we met so many friends for it. Just met so many people and... Um, yeah, and it just people were just amazing. Like they really bent over backwards to try and you know get us going again. Or well, even not nothing to do with bikes. There was one day we we'd been travelling, and uh, bearing in mind we were on big loaded bikes, so we looked like we've got a bit of cash compared to some of the places we were going, and uh, we were covered, co- in, dirt, covered in dirt and dust. <laughs> and this this old lady and a little kid walked past who clearly didn't have much money. And um, they said something, that the, the little kid said something to the, the old lady and the, and the kid ran back to us and I couldn't understand him, but Susie could. And he said, you look like you need these and gave us some food. Oh, wow. Yeah, they gave us some bananas. Bananas. And I was like, so, wow. Yeah. It's very humble. We were like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you like to experience culture and I think scenery is, is a big thing for you yeah. guys. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you you know, sort of meld the two together? Because I think when you're looking for scenery, a lot, a lot of times you're sort of out, like you said, away from cities. Um, I think we went to a lot of smaller villages and mm, things, locals, didn't we? Speaking to the locals. Um, yeah, talking to the locals. And, How do you do that? I let, I let Susie do you it. You just... <laughs> <laughs> so, literally... Um, I just kind of looked on the map and went, well, this is the main route and then tried to look for other ways around them. Um, so we use Maps Me quite a lot uh, to get our GPS points from. Um, and then we had a, a, a GPS as well. And then I had a big paper map. So what we would do is we would have the big paper map and then I use Maps Me as well and kind of um, d- because Maps Me, you can't kind of see the bigger picture. Like with a big paper map, you can sort of see the big picture. Mm-hmm. And then I would get the coordinates just to try and sort of plot a little bit of a route, um, trying to go kind of 
on the back roads that I could see on the map from A to B or, you know, and then, um, and we would just kind of see where the road took us. Obviously, there was like one or two places where either you couldn't get through or, you know, you were advised that possibly that wasn't the best route by the locals. Um, and then you just had to turn around and go back or or whatever. But um, that was that was the best way. And yeah, you don't really know what you're going to find, but you just have to you you just have to go and see, basically. But we were self-sufficient, um, so if there was yeah, nothing there... Yeah, we could survive we, a few days mm. in terms of food. We always carried enough food that we and could water. survive a few days. And the thing is, is that even in the back of beyond, there's normally somebody, yes, the little restaurant that serves the few houses might be the back of somebody's house, but there's always somebody and mm. there's always something and... Um, well, there's always somebody ask. there, though, isn't there? Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, you think nobody somebody lives here, and somebody up. pop out of the bush. <laughs> mm-hmm. They go, "Where on earth do you live?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I, I think that's the thing is that that's something that I probably wasn't quite so happy doing, like right at the beginning. But once you settle into it, and you know, no, most people like most places that are notoriously bad. There's kind of like the police will sort of say no. We only or, had two. Though, but we two, only had two of those. Two places? Yeah. That they said, no, don't go down there. One of they them were, was wait, a landmine. The police stopped you, you mean? No. Yeah, they advised, one One place was um, they didn't let you through, which uh, I can't remember exactly where that was, but it was um, one of the, the back roads they were stopping people going through. Um, and then there was just another road where the police, uh, we we were talking to people in a lay-by anyway, and the police were kind of like, oh, we don't, we don't recommend you go down that way. But we kind of, you, you kind of have to just listen to what people say and then sort of... And your gut feeling. Your well. gut feeling and make a judgment. And some people were definitely overly cautious, especially in terms of the roads. They would try and direct you a way to go that was more tarmac because they thought that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, some of them is, thought we were which crazy, is fine, but we actually quite like the the dirt roads. Um, and then there was just uh, a couple of areas that just wasn't so great, or the road was missing because there'd been. I mean, landslides was a massive thing in South America. You just had to. Sometimes the road just wasn't there. <laughs> well, Jesus came to the rescue. Was Zeus came to the rescue? Zeus, Zeus oh, came Jesus, to the rescue. Yes, yeah. So how's um, that? <laughs> um, that was in. So we were we were crossing through the middle, the kind of central, below the coffee region, and we were going over to. Uh, this place called Tierra Dentro, which is a little archaeological site, which isn't as well known as as some of the other ones slightly further south. And basically, we came to this roadblock, which we were a little bit kind of we we didn't really. Well, know. we felt just, uneasy. There was just I... lots of guys stood well... around, and they all sort of looked at us. And then there was these big blockades across the road. And they said, oh, it'll be an hour or something. Yeah, but we felt uneasy to start with it. It felt a bit of an uneasy atmosphere. Yeah, we, but did, it was just we just didn't curiosity. know. So we kind of, we, we gave ourselves enough space to be able, you know, we didn't ride right up to it. We just gave ourselves a bit of space to turn around if we needed to. And then we kind of worked out that actually something had gone on and these guys were just all sat around playing music and singing and 
And then eventually this guy, Jesus, came up and said, actually, you're going to be waiting here a while because the road is missing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not going to be an hour. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Was there a language barrier there when he's saying an hour? No, no, I think that's, no. that's their wishful thinking. They just which, sometimes, yeah, we got we got told this, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's they want to be helpful. So they're like, no, yeah. no, no, don't worry, it's only going to yeah. be an hour. Or actually, yeah. it, it wasn't actually helpful because we would have been there a couple of days. Three yeah. days. Yeah, <laughs> so this guy, Zeus, he came out, or he actually beckoned us over and he said, no, no, it's the road is gone. You know, there's absolutely no way through. Unless you go into one of those houses just there, forget it. And then he, he called some other guy over who was riding on a, a local and he said, oh, are you going to Tierra de Uh And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going the back roads. So he said, oh, yeah, follow me. And we went off on this mud tracks and everything, which was a, like an ice skating ring, mm. but we had good fun <laughs> wow. and, and got there. Yeah, to so, be fair, on his little 200cc bike with road bald tires, t- bald road tires, he was absolutely Bombing smashing it. us. Yeah, we could not keep up with him. <laughs> and we were on these, you know, like proper bikes for, you know, off, uh, you know, uh, half and half tires. You've and, got all the gear Yeah, on. we couldn't keep up. <laughs> all the gear, no idea. Right, it's not for just two minutes. I've got a couple of things I want to tell you about, but hang in there. We've got a lot more coming up after the break. RoadDogPub.com is your gateway to motorcycle adventure travel books. Road Dog Pub is a publisher of a slew of motorcycle travel books. They've got new books coming out all the time. So you should bookmark that website, rogedogpub.com. The publisher, Mike Fitterling, has his own blog on the website. You can check out there if you want some free reading. He's also got some titles that are under his name through Road Dog Pub. Road Dog Pub books are available at all fine bookstores, but you can deal direct with the publisher by going to their website, rogedogpub.com. And anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, rogedogpub.com. If you're serious about riding, then you have to have serious foot pegs because foot pegs are your connection to control your bike. Tools for serious riders. IMS Products has a full set of adventure motorcycle foot pegs ranging from their extra large ultra wide ADV1 and ADV2 pegs on down to their core series. Each peg is designed specifically for a purpose. Drop by their website, imsproducts.com, and let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. And then get the added leverage, comfort, and control through the IMS foot pegs. It'll take your skill to the next level. imsproducts.com. You had other breakdowns with your bike. I think you had um, rear shock problems as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the shock problem was a little bit of a disappointment because we had put brand new shocks on before we left because we'd been warned about the um, the standard shock. But yeah, it kind of, um, it just literally overheated. So my shock I'd had, um, I was advised that maybe having it slightly lowered would be a good idea. Um because I wanted the bike to be slightly lower for me. Um, but actually, in hindsight, it wasn't good because I think it heated up a little bit quicker. It goes through the stroke um, quicker. Yeah, the guy, we, we contacted this guy in the USA who was sort of saying, uh, who sold that brand of shocks, and he kind of said, well, actually, that probably wasn't the best plan. Um, and I think my shock, uh, I 
I don't really know exactly what happened, but all of a sudden it just completely overheated. Um, the seals went and um, I was literally bouncing down the road. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so... Uh, and then Calvin got, uh, Calvin got two punctures, like, pretty much just after uh, that when we were with uh, our friends and... Um, yeah, but yeah, so. we had we had Susie had uh, I think it was five engine failures or not not complete engine. That makes it sound worse. I think five five sets of issues where the engine was taken apart, mm. and we finally found um, a mechanic that wasn't wishful thinking uh, and trying to help uh, in Bolivia. Was Bolivia? Yeah. Wasn't it? So and, uh, we'd heard a few people mention um, this guy. Yeah, in, and we managed to get uh, another traveller to ship some original parts from Chile. Yeah, so we actually, he was, um, we started this group with some friends uh, over Lander Mules yeah. and um, we hadn't actually used it in the entire year that it had been running and then I posted, I'm going from Bolivia to Chile and flying back and then we managed to get, he went to go and get the parts and also he was switched on enough to realise that they were about to sell him the wrong parts and he said, well, I can wait for the right ones but it's going to be an extra day so we just paid for his um um, delayed, ticket. delayed ticket which actually really was it was like $50 or $50, something yeah. um, and but he was willing to wait an extra day for, for our parts to then fly back to Bolivia um, with them and then um, yeah and then we got we got the parts we got the bike fixed mm. yeah that was good and, and that was good uh, but I had a state of failure and my frame snapped in five places so literally what there was ha- there was a half a tube holding oh, my frame was- back together yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I got I got was that in Chile, wasn't it? We met someone else that through social media. They oh, they yeah. drove from their house after we got the ferry and picked us up at what time in the morning? Uh it was about I think it was about half one in the morning. Half one in the morning. Then we had to ride yeah. for an hour. Well my, Susie's bike was on the back of my bike was on the back of his on the back of his van and I had a cup of coffee while Susie rode rode in freezing fog oh, for an hour and a half. And then he had to get up for work at eight and he took my bike to work, his work and got his uh, mechanic welder to sort my frame out. And it's mm. still exactly the same as I, as he left it. What, why did you have so many frame failures? Um, Are you guys running overloaded? Uh, well, yeah, we, we definitely Slightly. were. And and also, uh, apparently, uh, I shouldn't have been doing what I was doing, according Kelvin to my wonderful wife. Uh, if, I, if I see a bump, <laughs> I jump the bump. Oh, if okay. I see anything that I can make a jump out of, I'm like, woo! And so he's like, you shouldn't do that. You're going to break your frame or you're going to do this. I'm like, no, don't be so silly. And there again. And and it's an old bike, so I don't know if it was rusting internally or whatever, but it's I mean, still it's going a now. DR650. It's not a dirt bike. It's not a racing bike. Oh, is that what Kelvin doesn't know this sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was a tractor, Kelvin. That's what you call yeah. it. You don't yeah, jump I a tractor, do you? Maybe you do. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. If you, if you he find will a big try. Enough bump. Yeah, I was going to say, he'll try. The, the breakdowns were, were a common thread for you throughout your, your entire adventure. Yeah, until Bolivia. I mean, to be honest, once um, once Nicky, uh, the guy that we met at um, in Bolivia in secret, once he had actually sorted it, we never had problems after that. And it kind of told us that actually the problem was the same it was potentially the same problem all along. It just hadn't been fixed properly. Oh. And because it needed the valves reseating and all of that, unless it was done properly, it was never going to last mm. that long. Um, and I 
think, and and also when we did have it redone in Peru, what we didn't realise, because they said, oh, yeah, no, the all of the, the parts and things are, are like ones. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but what we didn't realise is what they'd done is the valves that they had put in in Peru, they had cut them down, they hadn't rehardened them. So what was happening is they were just mushrooming because I every, like, how often oh, was it? Was, it seems like every two, three hundred miles. Yeah, so I was literally recalibrating my valves. I mean, I became brilliant at this. <laughs> um, but I was recalibrating the valves, like, every, like and then so it was, frequently. It was in the cellar of the uni, wasn't it? And uh, you said, oh, Kelvin, should it look like this? I look like I've run out of adjustment. And yeah. I went, uh, we were like, we run out of adjustment. On luckily, we'd yeah, just right. done the Lagunas route and we were just kind of like, right, let's try and limp them to Sucre and try not to break down on the way there. And then we'll just, yeah. So they got valves for, they were not the right valves and then they cut they them off. They weren't OEM valves, yeah. Right, they no, ground, ground off the end. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Anyone yeah. even consider doing that? I know. Well, we d- we didn't realise, and I think if we, you know, because we had been trying to source sort of original parts um, as much as possible, and we were we were told, you know, yeah, these are the the they're the proper ones, and we just took it as yeah. How but, did they get the valves out? Like at that point, when it's peened over in the end, it's not going to want to come out. Oh, I don't know. No How idea. Do, uh, Probably I, a bigger yeah. hammer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Did you replace the heads at one point? Susie's bike had new barrel, new piston, new new valves, new heads. Yeah, yeah. But that was done back in Colombia. Yeah, and then it and then it was when it dropped the valve seat. Then it had um, new valves again, and then it had new valves again. Oh, so you you had multiple valve problems, and like so you had a had the head replaced, and then the valves, mm. uh, then it dropped the seat yeah. afterwards. Yeah. 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 Wow. So uh, there was an overriding theme of, of um, Wilco mechanics with lack of attention to detail. That's how I summed it up. You know, they really, really wanted to help you. Yeah. But they just, the lack of attention to detail wasn't quite there, which is, this is, this is Kelvin's sort of take on it. And then when we found a good mechanic with great attention to detail, all of the issues disappeared. Yeah, that was mm. it. My, my bike ran then for the whole time, didn't yeah. it? So... From Bolivia on, we we had no problems then with my bike. <laughs> so, do you have a different way of of looking for mechanics? I mean, how do you spot the great mechanic <sighs> as opposed to the not so great mechanic? Uh, see, it's it's really difficult mm. because we we went to some what we believed to be reputable dealers. Uh, you know, they had a nice showroom and stuff like that, mm. uh, and the guy that ended up fixing it in the end was the total opposite to that. But he was um, he was known on social media. He's a, a motocross rider, mm. um, so I, I would say probably word of mouth. But yeah. then it's not always no. great to get word of mouth because it depends on the, the individual that's telling you whether it's someone that's a traveller that's got a bike that they're not used to, i.e., the mechanic's not used to, or it's a local that's got a, a local bike. They may think that mechanic's wonderful, mm. but they're not used to working on your type of bike. So it's it's very it's hard. It's a bit luck of the draw. Mm. Um, but th- this this guy that we went to in um, in Sucre, Nikki, he um, he had been recommended by a f- good few people. I'd seen his name come up a few times, so um, I thought, right, I'm going to take my bike there and just what will mm. be will be. And and, um, and also the, the the individual that we were staying with at the time in Sucre, he was a, a adventure traveller. He he recommended them as well. Mm. So. 
at one point, um, because of repairs, I think is what it was, you guys split up and traveled solo. Can you talk about that? Um, so. <laughs> that was, yeah, go on. No, you go. Uh, so, so that was when uh, Susie's bike w- wasn't usable. Um, and basically we were, we had to travel two up to start with to get back to get my phone that I'd managed to leave in a taxi, which was another story in itself, which I actually did get back. Uh, and then I, I traveled back on my bike to, where were we saying? Keto. Keto. Yeah. And Susie had the, uh, the delights of the local bus, which had no suspension on it bouncing around. So it was only, it was only a short, short period yeah. of time that we weren't traveling together apart from when I had to fly home a couple of times because my mother was ill. What was that like though? I mean, you've been traveling together all the time. You have the support of each other and then you, have, you go on your own. Um, it wasn't that like, because it wasn't that long. Um, it wasn't awful. I was, yeah, I preferred being on the road. I have to say than being in the back <laughs> of a bus, but, um, yeah, it know. wasn't as bad as, so when, when Kelvin flew home a couple of times, like he was away for a couple of weeks and then, um, it was really odd not cause we were used to being together sort of 24 seven. Um, and then, yeah. I must admit, when I was on my bike, though, on my own, I did ride a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think to myself a couple of times, Ooh, maybe if I was travelling on my own on some of these dirt tracks that have got like massive drops down the side, uh, it's good good that I'm with Susie, that I'm travelling a bit slower, because I might have, might have ended <laughs> up off one, which Susie yeah. did actually end off the side of a cliff, actually. That's another story. Yeah, well, almost. Yeah. Off yeah. a cliff? Well, we'll set that yeah. up. No, where, where were you when this happened? <laughs> Um, oh, so we, we were heading, um, into a national park in, um, Columbia and I've totally forgotten the name of the park now. Anyway, um, we were going along the road. I hadn't been well, um, totally lost. and I was, we were very lost and I was really tired and we were coming along this road and there'd been like to our right, there had basically been drop-offs that were hundreds of meters. And, um, and then we came around this corner and I hadn't noticed the water that had kind of sort of tunneled underneath the road a bit. And I came around the corner, kind of banked over and sort of quite close to the edge. And, um, the, the front just kind of went down and where it was on a camber, the, and my, my, and where I had my panniers as well, the front of my bike flipped down and it flipped. I literally went head over heels. I did a somersault off the front of the bike down, down the side of this, um, uh, kind of bank. But luckily it definitely wasn't my moment because this tree had fallen across the bank. Plus the drop off. It wasn't as deep. Wasn't wasn't, as deep. Yeah. The, the drop off was still, legs. you know, it was, it was only a little bit because we'd got a little bit further along um, and I ended up kind of upside down in this tree. The tree had fallen across this um, kind of um, dip almost. Yeah, across this gully and um, luckily it broke my fall. So I kind of fell head over heels into it. I'd never, um, nothing, I'd never had anything like that. I'd never left my bike, if you get what I mean, (laughs) whilst I was riding it. It was totally new experience. And, um, yeah, and I could hear in my ear, Kelvin going, Susie, Susie, Susie. And I, you know, I kind of like, I moved my head, I moved my arms, I moved my legs and I was kind of like, 
yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm down here. And then um, Calvin kind of came to the edge of the road and just kind of reached down and I managed to climb to, to climb up. But it was, um, and then I had to get, I just got straight back on my bike because I knew if I sat there and thought about it for more than five minutes, I would probably just not do it. Mm. I'd, you know, it probably that adrenaline would just go. So I just got back on and just kept riding and it was fine. But yeah, you told me it to was, shut up, didn't you? I did. I, I told I, him to shut up because he kept asking me if I was okay. I, I thought she'd die. Yeah. I actually thought she'd died and I just sort of ran over and then I was like, oh my God, you could have died then. You know, that if it was two, two seconds before, it would have been 100 metres of drop. She's yeah. just like, shut up and let me ride. Yeah. Like, okay. That's really scary. And <laughs> yeah. I saw the photo too of the bike down is right at the edge of the road. I mean, that's it. You're gone. You know, yeah. it had it been any other corner. And, and the thing is, yeah. too, like you said, Susie, you weren't doing anything unusual. You weren't being aggressive or anything. You just no. ride around a corner and, and I guess it was probably slippery in the, in the water. Oh yeah. It was more that, cause it was a dirt road. Um, and I think where the rain had been, like it had been raining before. And then I think where the water was flowing, it was kind of almost flowing in a little bit of a gully underneath the road. So it, it it just got really loose and it kind of gave a little bit and because I was further over than I sort of intended, um, as it gave, it just yeah the the front just went and sort of um, out, the, it it was it happened so fast I couldn't even I just knew I was going through the air and then um, yeah and then all of a sudden I was in a tree. <laughs> but, does that change the way you, you feel after you ride that? I mean, obviously it did for a while, but I mean, did that make you more fearful as you're going along? Um, no, it didn't actually. Um, I think I was just, I don't know, maybe I was a little bit more aware of, I kind of kept my eye, eye, eye out for things like that. And I just was maybe kept a little bit further away from the edge. You did start um, with. Yeah. <laughs> <You did> start. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, it was just bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, you it's just chalk it up to experience, didn't you? Yeah. And then, you know, plan plan your route in front of you a little bit better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you ended up in Ushuaia. You ended up getting there, however you bumbled your way along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you arrived and something big happened there. But b- before we talk about that, actually, I was just going to ask you, you seem to meet a lot of people, a lot of other riders on route. Did you do that on yes. purpose? Like, were you looking for other riders? Is that just something that happened? And and what was it like? Um, and I, I wouldn't say we looked for them. It just kind of no, happened. Just some a couple of people we arranged to meet with that I'd been speaking to online. Yeah. And then oh, like where are you traveling? Oh no, you're just down the road. Let's meet right. up. But most of them, it was it's just by circumstance. Yeah. Same yeah. place, same there direction. Was, yeah, there was definitely a few people who we kind of got on really well with who were traveling as well, and we we sort of thought well it'd be great to meet you um and you sort of if you're in the same area you know I don't think anyone sort of went majorly out of the way but if you're in the same area it's kind of like oh we're going here shall we meet and yeah uh because I think it's I yeah, don't know I really I really yeah, like I meeting other people and locals from travelers locals, all sorts. yeah not just on bikes we met people in cars and trucks and yeah. all sorts Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're meeting the people, the other travelers, though, does that take away at all from the, the you know, learning about the culture, sort of getting a feel for it? I mean, is it more like um, 
you know, cause you look at some of the photos of you guys stand around with, with, with other travelers, it looks almost like more like a party thing where there's just travelers <laughs> getting together. I was gonna say, Maybe we didn't take enough photos. <laughs> 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 I was say, it does. When you meet other travelers, I think you become more insular in the, the travel community. And what I mean by that is you, you talk amongst yourself about your travel experiences and, mm. and you're not embracing the locals so much. But then we had lots of times when we weren't meeting other travellers and we were in a remote valley, a village, sorry, I can't say. Um, so it, I, I think it was a healthy balance. Yeah. And I, I like I say, I kind of, I enjoyed meeting other people and other travellers and kind of listening to what they had done in the countries they had travelled and we met people doing all sorts of different things that were kind of walking around the world or cycling around, you know, doing all different things and different backgrounds. And, and it was just really interesting. And then, yeah. And then a lot of the locals as well, but you know, I don't know, maybe it's more of a, with the travelers, you tend to take the photos and then when you're with the locals and things, you know, Right, yeah, maybe you know. less. So I don't, I don't know, but yeah, and I, I think you're a little bit more sort of reserved to taking photos. Yeah, I'm of, of locals <laughs> where where it's other travellers. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some locals don't like their pictures taken. Yeah, time. that's what I was going to say. Pulling the camera yeah. out and shoving it in yeah. their faces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that certainly changes the experience too. But but when you were because I know a couple of times you travelled at least a couple of times you travelled with with other travellers for a while or for yes. a jaunt. Um, did that change yeah. the experience? It changed your interaction as well with, with whatever you were doing. I said, I think it depends on the individuals. So some of the individuals mm. we travel, we travel with Mykonos and Ellsby for quite a while from South Africa, mm-hmm. and um, and they, they they interact with locals quite well as well. So I, th- I think it was a good combination. Yeah, I think it depends who. Yeah, who you're with. Um, and there was a couple of people that we did a couple of small Sid like uh Kiersey, who we met in the van. She was in a van, we travelled there for a while. From the USA. You know, she really wanted to do like the Lagunas route, but she wasn't overly keen to do it herself because she was travelling alone with her dog and she was kind of like, Well, if you guys are doing it then, you know, um maybe we could all go together, which was fantastic because Kiersey was awesome. Um, but also she had she, she had a four by four so she could take the water and the water food. And stuff. All in <laughs> we loaded her right So um, you know, and um uh yeah, so that that was that was great and we still keep in contact and um yeah, I think you make some friendships for life as well. When you meet people that you you can actually spend more than a couple of days with traveling. Um you know, they're the kind of people that uh, you probably stay in touch mm. with long term. Well, we're not going to business with two of them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so you you sort of um, you develop a relationship, you know, hanging out for a few days like that, and it probably makes things feel for you more home like rather yeah. than being the stranger always traveling through. Yeah, it it, do, it does definitely changes mm. the dynamics, mm. uh, and I think I wouldn't like to do it full time. No. No. You mean travel? You wouldn't like to travel full time? Oh, I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'd okay, love to travel okay, full time. Okay, no. What about- I mean is, to, I, I, I really like traveling, just Susie and I interacting mm. with the locals and bumping into other travelers and traveling with them for a little while. And then when you naturally want to go a different way, you just go a different way. And it's not because you've fallen out with that individual or, or couple or whatever. It's just, you know, they want to go left, you want to go right that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you might meet up again or you might not. But I wouldn't like to travel as a group full time. Are there any of the travelers that you met 
did they, did any of them have something special or doing something special that sort of changed your thought process about what you guys were doing? Absolutely. The, the same couple, Mykonos and Ellsby. Mm. So um, we were in Colombia and I think it's, I can't remember how long, three months? Um, about four months. Four in, months in and, and yeah. Mykonos and Ellsby said, oh, we're going to extend. And we're like, extend what? What are you want about? And they're like, oh, we're going to extend our visas. And we're like, well, we can't extend our visas because we've got to get on. This was when we were still in the mindset that we needed to sort of move a bit quicker. And um, we went, why not? Why don't we extend our visas? Mm well, we haven't got long enough to stay off work. And that was when we extended our trip. And it made us, I think that was the sort of an epiphany moment that made us slow down. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Life's too short. You're there now. Do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. being less location fixed, more about the journey. Because mm. we, because we then had more time. So yeah, it definitely um, changed us. There's yeah, lots of at that point we had, we had a, a shorter trip planned and, and we kind of were like, right, we need to go to, we want, we wanted to go to a certain number of countries. For us, we were better off doing um, a smaller number of countries and spending longer exploring than just trying to get through all of the countries that we wanted, you know, that we wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, see a country well. So if somebody comes to you right now and says, how long does it take to ride South America? What do you say? <laughs> Depends on the, how what you want to get out of it and how long you've got. So yeah. if 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 I someone came to me and said they had a few weeks to travel, and I'd say and you wanted to see everything in one place, I'd go Ecuador. to go, go to Ecuador because you can go from the sea to the mountains and all sorts and and the Amazon, and the Amazon jungle. Yeah. Where if you've got a long period of time, I'd say just to do it all slowly. Yeah. But for me and Susie, I think our travel is is better to see more of one country than to say I've gone through all of these countries. Yeah. Mm. And I think everyone's different, you know, everyone's got different goals. Everyone's got different kind of, um, you know, what they want to experience and, and ever in South America, all the countries offer different things. So it just, it really depends what you want. So. You made it to Aswaya. What what were you going to Aswaya for? What's there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sign that everybody loves to get their photo. Oh, yeah. End, end of the world. It's, the world. We, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we went there because we were, we were well, so lucky. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> um, we were so lucky because we got a few days of like unprecedented weather. I mean, they, they said it rarely happens where, I mean, the Beagle Channel, um, that, body of water just below uh, Ushuaia was absolutely flat. There was no wind. It was sunny, beautiful. And that doesn't often happen um, as as far as we were told. Uh, and we got to meet some fantastic people down there uh, and it was really good. Yeah, I don't I- think we had, we kind of sort of said, well, we'll see how we go. It depends what season we hit it. And then we'll decide as we go whether or not to actually go there. But then I think as we got further Yeah, we down, got further down and we thought, well, we're, we're near and the weather seems all right, apart from the wind. That was uh, pretty horrendous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we head down there. And um, by meeting through people through social media, we got some good top tips of where to stay when we were down there um, in remote places. So that was cool. And, and Susie, you found out that Kelvin's a bit of a carver. <laughs> so, so how do we yes. set this how do we set this story up do, do we start with calvin and, and your idea yeah, you can do so i don't know I, I i kind of had this sort of feeling inside me i was like she's awesome 
<laughs> yeah, not she's, sure she, about that. Oh, uh, yeah. not in my eyes. <laughs> she's awesome. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to marry her. <laughs> and uh, as long as she accepts. So I, I, was, I was sitting there one day and Susie likes her sleep and she was particularly tired. So she'd gone to sleep in, a, in the tent and I was like, oh. and I just saw this piece of wood on the floor and I thought, I'm going to carve a ring. And uh, so whenever Susie was asleep, I was had this pocket knife and this little piece of wood and I, and I carved the ring. And I was like, right, I'm going to find the perfect location. And then this individual uh, we'd met uh, through social media and then we bumped into in Ushuaia, told us this uh, uh, Latin long of this particular place that's quite hard to get to and it's basically a private beach on the Beagle Channel, the end of the world. And we got there and I was just like... This is this is the place. This is the place. And I had um, no clue. Yeah, and we were actually with two individuals then as well. Yeah. So Megan and Dave yeah. from uh, Canada, and uh, they came with us on their Husky Seven Hundred Ones, and um, so they they spent uh, the night there camping with us, and then they went off because they were they had to get back up because they were coming home. And uh, the next day, I had the fire going, and we had the wine, and and I was just like Susie. Yeah. And I'll let you. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Calvin said, oh, come here, look, it's it's really amazing, it's really beautiful. And I was like, oh, yeah. And it was, it was. I mean, talk, if, you, if you like nature and all the rest of it, then it was fantastic because the channel was flat calm. You could see the whales moving and the seals and everything else. And um, he said, oh, close your eyes. <laughs> um, so, And then I could feel him kind of like move around and then I could feel him sort of, get down and I was like no <laughs> and um yeah and then he asked me to marry him and I think I burst out like, like I don't I think it took me a minute to well I did actually ask yes. you I said did you actually say yes because all I heard was you laughing because I just so I just wasn't I expecting it, that way. it at all so yeah and um yeah, and then I, I I did say yes in the end, I think. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> well, but we're married were, now, so you must have. But you didn't have to think about it. It's not that you had to think about it. No, you, you already no, no, knew no what I didn't you have felt. to think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, but, that's uh, that's pretty neat. That What a what a cool way to do it. And it. Did you get another ring or something? Like, did you stay with a wooden ring? Yeah. So, so I, I, I had to go back home, didn't I? Because mm-hmm. my mother was ill. And uh, so I, I found out quite quickly that I'd used the wrong word and I'd cut it in the <laughs> wrong grain of the wood um which i actually ended up repairing it with um an ice cream sp- spoon didn't i and gluing that in because we split the ring but i when i went home i uh, bought some better wood and cut it in the right grain and that now hangs above our bed yeah wow what a what a memory what a great memory that, that's incredible yeah. you know so obviously you got married when you when you went home yes yeah right yeah so, so yeah. how did the trip wrap up um, so we worked out that we could, we needed to go home whenever it was, August. August time, isn't it? That's when we, we sort of said, oh, you know, on the, on the budget that we've been spending daily, mm. uh, this is pretty much when our money will run out. Yeah. So that's, well, we better go home then. then. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we headed back at, um, sort of Argentina, Chile kind of. Carretera Austral, Route 40. And Isn't that where my frame snapped? Across. Yeah, that's yeah. where your frame snapped, yeah. actually. Um, and then and then we headed across. We did, um, we spent a little bit of time in Paraguay and Brazil, but only the very, very bottom of Brazil because we just, we didn't have enough time um, to do any of it justice. So we just kind of um, went through um 
around a little bit of Uruguay and it, that was really off season. So a lot of things weren't kind of um, up and running and then went to Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we spent the last couple of weeks with um, our friends Michaelis and Elsby just as a last sort of farewell kind of, um, yeah, definitely tested a few of the bars in Buenos Aires and <laughs> saw a lot of the, the sort of the touristy sites and things and um, cooked lots and yeah. And then flew our bikes home with um, Dakar uh, Motos in uh, Buenos Aires. So, And w- you got back just before the pandemic hit. Yes. Yes. So uh, yeah, we landed uh, in August and back to work in November in, in 2019. Well, that was a shock. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean going back to work? Yeah. 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 What does it feel like when you, when you come back from the trip and you have to go back to normal life? I mean, even your friends and family, they, oh, they look at hard. you as the same, but you have to feel different. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you had a nice holiday. Very nice. Move on. It's, it's where you've got so much to say. Yeah, it's amazing. I think we knew this a little bit from what we'd heard other people say. We kind of, if people asked us specific things, then we would say, but actually a lot of people just said, oh, did you have a good trip? And we're like, yeah, it was brilliant. That was it. Yeah. They did, you know. <laughs> um, so um, if we weren't asked about it, then we didn't really. Post-travel blues. Say, definitely. you know, and that's. Yeah, we very soon after we got back, actually, we went to the um, Overland event, which was definitely much needed after kind of uh, a month or so of being back and and hitting normality again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to kind of be around some like-minded people. And um, yeah, and it was quite difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. I I definitely have changed. It's it's changed my outlook on things and uh, I'm itching to go away again. How have you changed? I don't know. I, I think it's made me slow down a bit uh, and it's made me reevaluate some of the things I want. Um, what, buying less and using that money to travel more, mm-hmm. which we did before we left anyway. So but I don't know. I just. I think you appreciate things. Yeah, I, I appreciate more. And, and, yeah. and actually, I think I've got more time for people as well. But because of the so many nice people we we met on the way and how they went out of their way to help us, it's, it's, if if there was people travelling in the UK, uh, I would say yeah, come round. Mm. Where historically, mm. you know, I think people in the U, you know, I'm generalising massively. Someone turned up at your door and knocked and said, "Oh, I've got this problem. Can you help me?" A lot of people would be like, "Oh, you're a weirdo knocking at my door." Mm. Where, where, throughout our travel, they you didn't have to knock at their door. They came out to see if you were all right. And do you find that sort of spills over into everyday life? Like, so it doesn't have to be a traveler? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just being nice. Change it. Be nice yeah, to the neighbor. It, doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to, to be nice. I just, yeah, I think, and you're a lot more open-minded with people and. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Open-minded in what way? I think you. We're just embracing that everyone's yeah. different. And that, um, just because someone does something different, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Mm. Faith in people, I think. 
I call it our rules. You know, we, we sometimes get ticked off with people when they do things differently than the way we would like to do it. But really, if you think about it, it's your own rules. You, you're putting on them and they don't even know what your rules are. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we and we get bent out of shape, but it's easy to get caught up in. Mm. What did you learn uh, on this trip, other than what we've talked about now, um, about yourselves? Hmm. Um, I'm better at not planning than I anticipated. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I. That's quite. I find it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a difficult question. Um, I'm. Yeah, I'm very much. I'm very. I'm super organised, and I'm very much a planner. But actually, I was able to let go of that a bit more on the trip. So although I would kind of have an idea of the route for that day and you know obviously you have to think about visas and things and like I can only spend this long in this place you know but I was able to kind of let that go a little bit and sort of just kind of go with the flow a little bit more and I didn't think I would be like that um so that was brilliant um, yeah, because that's a huge change isn't it I mean yeah. somebody especially with planners you know they yeah. tend to be very rigid really yes you know. So, yeah, so that surprised me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I used to be quite set in my ways of doing things and it's made it easier for me not to be so set in my ways in some ways because I've sort of not, like Susie, I, I thought I was a planner, but I, I find that I'm more relaxed than I thought and I'm quite happy to wing it. Um, where before I was like, it has to be done this way. Mm-hmm. Where, like I say earlier, it's like people do things differently and it achieves the same results. So I'm like, hey, just just embrace it differently so it kind of works I don't know it's just I think it just changes just the how you look at certain situations and it can help you change that I think it's to help me do that so what's the next adventure what are are you guys planning now or what's already planned (laughs) so we're we're doing some local things to start with uh, but we're also going to try and um, start in a new business as well so uh, we mentioned earlier Mykonos and Elsby Oh, are you uh, are you with Turkana? Uh, so yeah, we're hoping to uh, be the UK importer for Turkana. Oh, I see. Oh, that's so, that's yeah. pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, it's a work in progress. Yeah, it's work in progress. So yeah, I'm, we're both really excited about that. So uh, we kind of another thing we've kind of sort of realised is it would be gr- awesome, great, or you know, I can't think of the words to be involved in the motorcycle community more. Yeah, and definitely. that's kind of our sort of step towards it. No, that's really good. Uh, and that's Mickness and Elsby who, who started uh, Turkana. So, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess you they were probably working on it when you met them. Was that the case? Yeah. So uh, we actually had some of the prototypes. Mm. Um, so we were using them. Uh, for how long were we using the prototypes for? Oh, quite a while from Peru down, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So a good chunk of it. We're going strong. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, and now we've got some of the... The, production the ones. real the new ones so yeah if somebody was to um you know if you're advising somebody at the overland event or, or whatever and they're going to south america what are the, what are the top tips that you would give them for preparing to go on that trip oh, um give yourself like try not to do too much even though it's tempting to is depending on how much time you've got try not to kind of give yourself too much to do because there's just so much to see 
Um, and also, depending on your budget as well, you might want to choose particular countries to explore a little bit more. Um, countries that are cheaper? Yeah. Just to, yes. to, to survive, which ones are they? So definitely um, Colombia, Peru and Bolivia for us. We found much, you know, you could stay in a hostel, you could get a, an entire meal, uh, like three course meal for a pound or... Um, yeah, sort of the menu del Diaz and things like that. So um, that was really good. And then as you, as you go further down, like if you go into Patagonia, um, Chile especially is is uh, relatively expensive, not in UK terms, but in, in on travel, a travel yeah. budget. On a limited budget, yeah. Um, so if you're going on holiday for two weeks, absolutely fine anywhere pretty much. But, um, you know, in terms of trying to stretch your money and make it go a little bit further... Um, uh, Chile and Argentina were a bit more expensive, although I know um, Argentina uh, at the moment depends on their um, currency because um, I know they're having a few issues. But the good thing I would say, though, about Chile and Argentina is that they're very well set up for camping um, and they have immense sort of wild camping um, there as well. So uh, whereas the other countries, they tend to be, well, we found definitely in Colombia, um, Peru and Bolivia that, you know, you there's so many sort of cheap hostels and things like that. So It's not worth unpacking the tent. No, it's not no. worth unpacking the tent in a lot of cases. But so. in Chile and Argentina, although they're more expensive, you, you can end mm. up camping for free though. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and yeah. awesome spots. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we liked a bit of both because um, when you're kind of, if you're wild camping and things, like you're on your own. And then when you stay in hostels and things, you get to meet local locals and local travellers and other travellers. And it, so if you mix it up a bit, then um, you get the best of both, shall we say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, think, I think it does depend on someone's budget yeah. uh, and how long they're travelling for. But if I think if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have imported our bikes there. I would have bought a bike out there. Oh. So, so depend. I, I would speak to some, if someone said to me, "Oh, I, I really want to take my bike over to do X, Y, and Z." I'd sort of say, "Well, if you're doing longer term travel, then it might be worth it. But you know, if you want a big expensive bike, then take your own. But you can still get them out there. But they're very expensive. But if you're not too fussed and you want a lightweight travel bike or a DR650, which is not so light, buy it out there." Mm, then you could put that and, money into the into travel. And, yeah, some exactly. more time. Because you guys were how long were you out? Do you, no, just, just over, over two, two years. years. Over so two. we had two and a half years off, but two just over two years traveling. So even for that time frame, that which is fairly well, that's really long for most people. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. for that time frame, it's still you in your mind better off to buy there and then yeah. sell it before you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, so there's, in some well. In some ways, I would have probably some, So we have DR. debated this, haven't we? Yeah. Because um, the thing is, is that it's not quite so easy maybe to get some of the, like we we put on the larger tanks onto our bikes, which maybe are not quite so easy to get there. And mm -hmm. there, were, there was definitely balance, some occasions yeah. where we, those were really, really but then brilliant you can, to have. You know, so. when we needed additional fuel, we bought the uh, the five litre water bottles. We drank the water. Uh, and then we strapped the five-litre water bottles onto our bike, yeah. filled them up with fuel, sure. used them for a while, 
and then got rid of them. Or and there's fuel bags. Giant Loop makes a fuel bag. Yeah. So if you really wanted giant to, you could yeah. buy the Giant Loop fuel bags, roll yeah. them up, take them with you, and, and then and use And then you're them. not carrying the weight all the time. Yeah. yeah. What do you do, though? Have you thought it out about licensing? Because I know that that can be a problem. Yeah. You sort of need a local. It does. Well, it depends on what country you buy the bike in. Sure. So some countries, yeah. you can buy the bike, but you can't take it out. Mm. Um, I can't remember which one was. There was are that? people that um, kind of help you with that sort of thing, I think. But um, I think as far as I've been told and I'm aware, Colombia and Chile, I think, are two of the potentially easier places Columbia, to buy. Definitely. Or um, some people, what they do is they buy in uh, southern USA in Texas or whatever, and then they ride through buy it there and then ride through Central America. Mm. But there are South some companies America, so. as well. It's a bit more expensive, but there's some companies that will sell you a bike and guarantee you a buyback mm-hmm. as well. So there's those options as well. Yeah. But I, I think if I was doing what we did, I would buy may, maybe a DR650 and ride that and then maybe fly that home because you can't buy the DR650 in the UK as well. Not new. Not, not new. Now. So oh, that's another but, option. But the, you bought yours in the UK, but they're used. They're old. Yeah, they're yeah, old. old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any other tips? Um, um, I would try and learn some Spanish just so that you're kind of happy. I know I know some people are just like, no, you don't need to learn any language. But I, I think it does make Even a my pigeon even Spanish helps. I mean, the thing is, is that even Kelvin with his few words, you know, he, he made people laugh. So he would be like, oh, yeah, uh, una cerveza, una una." Uh, grande cerveza. No, no, I, 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 could get, I could get the gist of what they were saying, you know, and even and, the basics of, you know, hello, please, thank you, yeah. and, you know, just the pleasantries. Mm-hmm. I, I think just having that little bit, you know, it, it just, it does make a little, it does make a difference. So, and I definitely found it a lot easier having a few words under my belt. It then allowed me to mm. be able to kind of learn a little bit more, a bit quicker, maybe. Um, but, um, I think also as well is um, you don't have to have the best of everything. And yeah. what I mean by that is, you know, it's great if you've got some good gear mm. uh, and normally good gear uh, keeps you drier, keeps you warmer or, mm. you know, it's easier to put up if but it's a tent. Always. But not always, <laughs> not always. Um, so I know people that have delayed their trip to buy the top of the range tent at thousands of pounds mm. where we took an okay tent, which was heavy uh and took up a lot of room we ended up giving that away and bought uh well it was 99 dollars, but i think they sell it for 49 pounds in the uk tent mm. and we used that for the majority of our trip and it was perfect yeah mm. and it even survived patagonia so yeah, it survived the patagonian <laughs> winds as well right so yeah. you, you guys bought a lot of gear didn't you i mean it seemed like it oh yeah we bought a lot of gear and took a lot of gear way too yeah, much no but you, didn't you buy a lot of gear on the trip itself oh yeah yeah, yeah we, we did, did buy a bit. We got some stuff fail, so we bought um the one thing we realized when we were when we were camping a lot was actually we really wanted something to sit on. <laughs> so we bought like some of those little um camping chairs that kind of go down in quite to quite a small package. We mm. bought a couple of those. The really expensive ones that are that are No, no, they were they were not copy of that. They were copied. They're still going strong. Okay. Um and yeah, and then some of our kind of uh, dry bags 
weren't so good so we but they weren't dry they weren't dry <laughs> so, <laughs> even though they were high quality so, yeah so we bought we bought some more of those just bits and pieces yeah. really but then that, um, i think that's a good sort of point though is because you before we went it was like we need to take everything mm. because you can't buy it you can buy most things around the world yeah it might take you a bit longer and if you really can't get it if Someone you really really it. need it you can get it shipped yeah so you don't you don't need to take everything with you and yeah. pack light. Yeah, if you can pack light, like <laughs> I think, like we said, we're still definitely learning the art of packing light. Um, we're still not. We're getting better, definitely. Um, well, but, what kind of yeah, things if, would you have taken before where, that you, that you would have thought for sure you would you would need, um, or that you wouldn't leave home without? I guess that you won't take now. Uh, I had chain breakers with me, which as far as I can get a chain breaker, or you can use you can use a grinder that most mechanics have got to do your chain. Um, I had so many spares as well. Yeah. Uh, I had spare levers because we might all snap our levers. We well, can get levers most places. Yeah, it's, I was trying to cover every eventuality. And unless it's a really specialist part, you know, you can you can get it there. Yeah. It might not be as good a quality. Yeah. It might be better quality. It might be might be exactly the same and cheaper or, or a few dollars more. But mm. and we took far too many clothes. I think we ended up wearing basically two sets of clothes like the entire yeah. time. Which we still own. Yeah. <laughs> still wear. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> I'm attached to those clothes. <laughs> I know, you kinda you do get attached to things, but we just you know, you spend a lot of time in bike gear and, um, yeah, what else did we have that we didn't use? We just, my first aid kit was far too big. Um, I carried literally everything for any kind of eventuality and I don't know why I didn't think, well, there's probably going to be health centres. And- well, talking <laughs> of health centres, the time, what was it I needed to get? Is it the... I can't remember what was in the population and yellow fever or something. Yeah. And um, in the UK, you have to pay for it. Uh, we walked into, I can't remember what country we're in. It was in Ecuador. In Ecuador. Brilliant Quenca, service. I think. Couldn't yeah. have been more helpful. Yeah, go to there, sir. Give him this card. Yep, yeah, done, dusted. How much do I owe? Oh, no, it's free. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. what? Wow. But, um, and then when we did need some, we both got kind of like a stomach issue uh, yeah, in Arequipa in, in Peru um, and it was so thorough like way more thorough than we would have got anywhere I think and we've you know we had to go and see the dentist a couple of times and everything was fine yes you probably want to do a little bit of research first but um, you know we, we everything that we needed we we managed to find so did you have to pay for that for your doctor's yes. visit and the dentist, yeah. That, so that, was yeah. it expensive? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't actually. It was um, a lot less than I thought it was going to be. And that's so from- I, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how much it was, but um, but you kind of you definitely got more than what you paid for. I think if you if you had to pay for anything similar here, it would probably cost mm. you a lot more. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like they, here, they, it's, here it's seven hundred and fifty dollars just to walk into the emergency. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, that, no, that's no. to walk in. That you have to put seven hundred and fifty down. Wow, yeah, like seven pound fifty. No, yeah. no. I mean, I, yeah, maybe maybe like thirty dollars or something. I can't oh, remember wow. how much we paid, but it was not a lot. And then when we needed um, a few bits and pieces to for our stomachs and things, uh, again, that 
it wasn't expensive. So um, maybe it depends on which country you're in, but that, yeah, that was Peru and, and it was... The drugs were quite weird fun. as well, because there's some some things that are really difficult to get in the UK, mm-hmm. drug-wise. Uh, oh, yeah. And you walk in and they <laughs> basically the sell you a thousand of them. Yeah. And it's like, all right. And then there's... Yeah, it's like, I you think want it was, some diazepam? What was it? Paracetamol <laughs> or something we couldn't get, wasn't it? Or codeine? Yeah, so some places codeine is completely off the... You, you cannot... Get yeah, it weird. because it's illegal. Whereas here, you can buy it. Over, well, you can buy cocodamol over the counter, um, and then there are other things that you can buy which you definitely need a prescription here, and you can just go in and buy it and in yeah. bulk. So yeah. it's, it's just very different. That's all. On the topic of gear, is there any gear that you have that's high quality that you you say, yeah, I would absolutely buy that again? High quality. Is there any one thing that sticks out, or maybe a couple of things that sticks out in your mind for that sort of thing? Well, I want to say uh, to Khan again now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheap plug. Yeah. It is, no, it is really good. Um, but no, um, really so good. I like uh, my my adventure gear. So I've, I've been using Ruka. So I really like my Ruka yeah. gear. I've used Klein as well, which is awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm not sli- thinking brand so much. I'm thinking like when you're like when you're talking gear. So you might have bought a really high quality oh, jacket mean, yeah. or high yeah. quality bag, something like that. And say, you know what? That's the one spot I will not chintz on so riding gear i think it's really important that whatever you buy you're comfortable in it um it has to be comfortable um um yeah just being able to stay dry well i was going to say for for me staying dry for susie staying dry and warm warm. if she gets cold she's she's a bit of a diva have to be warm um and then what else do we and then some of our remote camping is a, a water filter. A, oh, yeah. A water yeah. filter was awesome. So uh, having a tarp, a tarp <laughs> that was brilliant because um, unless it was really windy, um, for us it made a big difference because it meant that we just had a bit more space around our tent um, and we could just, yeah. Right, and also when we were in, uh, with Mykonos and Ellsby again, we, it was really, really bad weather uh, and we just, put it up between the tents and carried on drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're really painting a picture of Mickness and Elsby oh, now. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, I think um, they, they do have a website, something about beer, don't they? Or, or yes. Yeah, yes. Right, beer yeah. tasting or something like that. So they yeah, obviously have an Instagram. A, well, right? Yeah, yeah. Instagram. Um, chasing beer, I think, yeah, I think it that's is. It. Or, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah. Beers from all over the world. And, um, right. And speaking yeah, of that, we, like we laughed about the Turkana gear and you were saying that it's really, really good. It, it is because you guys tried it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we, we tried, we've still like, got the, the prototypes now and um, they're going strong still. What's so yeah. great about it? What have they done? Yeah, it's the simplicity of it. Um, just the way, it, the, the design of it. Uh, it's, it's like I say, it's simple. It works if, 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 you know, things do break. So if, if you send your bike sliding down the road, mm. um, you can repair it in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so it's, and it's it, quite it hard was. wearing because I I drop my bike a good few times yeah. um, <laughs> and stuff. You know, we are definitely preferring to use soft luggage rather than the hard luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I know that there's always a big debate about should you use hard luggage or soft luggage. Well, whereas I think at the end of the day, it just it really depends what you prefer and what you want. But for us, it I think the soft luggage just 
works works well and then and kind of when I've come off or you know dropped the bike or whatever because it's just gone over that little bit too far or um you That's know the pants have held up mm. yeah really and, and well. from a weight reduction and also from getting into hope if you do stay in hostels and everything you uh, quite often which is I found quite weird as well through uh, South America which would never happen in the UK it's like yeah bring your bike into the ho- hotel Mm. and you know you leave it in the lobby or, or mm. in some places in the remote places in people's front room so oh. with the soft panniers you can just squish the soft panniers in to get it yeah. get you through the doorway yeah you can just take out the you know the, the the waterproof inner bag with all the stuff in it squish everything down and fit through because <laughs> uh, yeah the amount of times you get to the the odd places that you um, are invited to park your motorcycle is mm. uh through the, yeah. through the laundry into that yes. garden. Like, oh, that was different. quite interesting. <laughs> but um, any other tips? Any other tips? I can't. There's probably loads, but I just yeah, can't probably think remember them all afterwards. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, I, I would say basic maintenance of your bike. Yeah. And 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 oil. Change your oil when you can. Um, you know that's that's definitely. Um, one way to kind of keep your bike happy. Yeah. Um, did you so guys have problems with that? On that opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Did you have I problems don't... with that? No, it's not so much problems. It's just some places charge an astronomical mm. amount for oil because they've got a captive market. So when the oil is is cheap, you know, change your oil a little bit early. Yeah. Just because you don't the next time again. Yeah. Get change your oil. Yeah. Change it early rather than waiting too long. Um. And just don't worry about take on board what everybody else says and then just do your own thing you know try it see how you get on and just do your own trip you know yeah be true to yourself kind of thing don't Mm. don't don't ride somebody else's ride Mm. yeah because it's so many people we've, we've you know it's all we've all got different perspectives and different opinions but you kind of have to just get there and sort of see what feels right for you yeah. so. people have said that, that and, and i wholeheartedly believe it it's and just that, go <laughs> the hardest thing is just going yeah it's getting over that sort of yeah what if if this happens if that happens yeah things yeah. could happen because we did that for quite a while didn't yeah we? Just, we go. just we were like oh yeah we'll we'll do it next year or we'll do it in two years time or we'll you know we just need to work out you know how are we going to do it where are we get and then it took for somebody to actually say so when are you going <laughs> right. uh, and a little bit like, of alcohol right. as well yeah yes. right. only a wee yeah. bit right yeah we sound like uh, yeah we're not <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, that was enough to push you over to buying your tickets at the, and of course i mean you know it's it's with everything isn't it in life you it's it's often good to make that public declaration that sort of pushes you to yeah. do something that maybe is out of your comfort zone um, yeah. Which all this stuff is for us until we do it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Susie, Calvin, thank you very much. It was great sitting down and talking to you. I know there's so much more to your story. We're going to put a link to your blog um, on the uh, uh, in the show notes, rather on our website, so that people, uh, if they're interested in finding out more about your story, they can they can click on that and uh, and have a look. And um, maybe we'll talk again after your your next adventure. That'd be good. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that must certainly give you some ideas for travel in general, but in particular South America. 
ideas, possibilities, and, and also the understanding that things don't have to be perfect, as it certainly wasn't for them with planning, and even things didn't work out perfect. But in the end, it's all great. That was Susie and Kelvin Previtt from their home in the UK. We've got a link to their website, which is avida.co.uk. And there's two V's in there, but drop by our website, adventureriderradio.com. Click on the show notes for this episode and you'll find the link in there along with some photos from Susie and Kelvin. Hey, I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer Elizabeth Martin and of course to you the listener thank you very much for being a part of this if you're not doing it already I mean supporting the show that we need your support this whole thing is built on a model of advertising and listener support don't sit back and wait for others to do it because quite frankly only a very 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 tiny percentage of the listeners that listen to the show every single week actually support the show we've got another show that we do as well called ARR Raw that's a monthly roundtable talk that we do, sort of a spin-off from Adventure Rider Radio, and we've got a group of co-hosts on there. It's been running for oh, years now, five years or something like that, and it's quite popular as well. You might want to drop by and check that out. All available at our website, adventureriderradio.com. Click on support to support, and click on raw to check out the raw show. Anyway, time to get out there and ride your bike if you can. My name is Jim Martin. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Susie. I'm Kelvin. And we're listening to Adventure, Adventure Rider Radio. Radio. Very good. Except what you're doing is you're talking to somebody, so you're not telling them you're listening to it. You're saying, oh, sorry. <laughs> so do you want to do it individually? Uh, no, you can do it like that. That's great. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, well, sorry, what am I saying? And you're listening. And you're listening. <laughs> what you're an Because you are listening. Because not listening. Like you're talking. You, you can't be yeah. listening at the same time. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs>